What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Shadow Talk, Digital Shadows Weekly Threat Intelligence and Cybersecurity Podcast. Uh, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a quiet week this week. It's only me and Alex Giraku joining me. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. As yeah. if you and I aren't enough, right? We can make yeah. it work. No, I mean we're we're all that's really necessary. I mean we're like we don't even need Rick. <laughs> don't tell him I said that though. Yeah, you won't um, listen to this anyway. He's dealing. He's dealing with some uh, with some sick children. It sounds like they are not having a great time. And uh, by extension, neither is Rick. Yeah, neither is Rick. So, um, so yeah. So that's fine. So we had an episode uh, that I think published this week. It was either this week or last week. Late last week. I think it was early this week. Um, that was with Eliza May Austin of Ladies of London Hacking Society. That one was recorded over in the UK with a few. Uh, of the UK peeps. Uh, I think JC was on there, Victoria and uh, Richard Gold. Um, so that was a really good one. So be sure to check out that episode as well. Um, so yeah. So why don't we just dig into this week? Alex, are you are you ready for this week? I'm ready. I'm always ready. You're pumped. Um, okay. So this week, uh, I actually published a blog um, that was about the NCSC's recent threat trends report. Um, so NCSC puts out like a weekly, uh, threat trend kind of, it's just kind of like what happened that week, you know, like week in review, uh, type of thing. And, um, they've been doing this for a couple of years now and they just put out, and I think it actually came out like a couple weeks ago, but, uh, they just put out one that covered a, a few months time span. So it was between, um, just make sure that I have this right. It was between, uh, October of last year and then April of this year. So, and this is the first one that NCSE has put out that's, that's kind of like this. So I thought it was an interesting th- thing to look at and, um, you know, it's a good report to kind of analyze and pull relevant information from because it is the UK, it's UK centric, UK specific. Um, so just like we've done stuff with the FBI IC3 annual report, um, which is, you know, obviously heavily geared towards the U.S., it's, it's good to get another perspective on the threats that are, that are going on. There were kind of two, well, in, in the blog, I cover three main areas, but I wanted to cover two of them in the podcast today. Um, so let's start with like Office 365. Um, so I think one of the things that I found when, uh, when I was originally kind of looking into writing this blog just how many users there are for Office 365. What, it's over 155 million, right? It's, that's that's a lot of people. It's huge. And I mean, like, if you look at something like uh, Attack Surface, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just, it's a very broad topic, but, like, just how many people are actually using this one specific service, and if an attacker is to go after it, that is their whole pool of potential victims. And so, it's not just for emails, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, there's... You know, everybody thinks that Office is related to email, but it's not necessarily only Outlook that's, you know, included in that or, or the only thing that people use within the Office 365 suite. So you have things like uh, SharePoint, which is like a document management type of um, uh, instance that you can set up. You can also use OneDrive, which is, is like straight document management. Um, there's also, uh, you know, like backup files for Word, backup files for PowerPoint. I, I mean, I, I say backup. Some people can just straight up use the online functionality mm-hmm. only. Just as a cloud service. Yeah, exactly. Um, so all that stuff could be on there. Contact lists, um, all that stuff can make up the Office 365 suite. So if you, if you were to break into somebody's, um, you know, Office 365 account, you could have potentially a whole lot of information um, on that one specific person. 
So in this situation, kind of reusing credentials is a pretty pretty big issue. I mean, Office 365, something that a lot of companies use, obviously, um, it can be tied into Active Directory. So say somebody gained access to your Office 365 account and hypothetically you use the same password and login for your uh, business computer and then somebody tries to gain access to it that way. Um, you know, that's that's a very real potential there. Um, so that's Office 365. Um, again, I think it's, you know, it's one that, it's a topic that gets covered a lot and I think it's it's, you know, a very real uh, kind of exposure point that a lot of people should take into consideration, but not just the email aspect of it. That is part of it, but that's not all of it. Especially because it's used by such a wide range of organizations too, right? You have smaller organizations and you have the really, really big ones too. So it's not limited to a a specific subset or niche type of Mm -hmm. user. Yeah. And I mean, like we said, very broad with the cloud stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't have to, you don't have to buy a whole bunch of licenses and install a bunch of computers. You just buy the one enterprise license and then you're, you're using that across all of your Mm -hmm. um, machines just through the cloud. You don't have to install anything. Um, and I think that makes it a lot easier to use. So, but the ease of use is what could also expose you for threat actors and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so that was one of the trends that the NCSC had uh, seen as attacks on Office 365. Um, one of the other things that we'll cover um, that you know we've talked a lot about, and I think we have a pretty fair understanding of of it in general, um, is ransomware. So the report lists a couple different ransomware trends, specific, uh, a couple different ransomware variants, I should mm-hmm. say, that have been observed uh, attacking uh, various entities over the over the reporting period, um, and that included Ryuk, uh, Locker Goga, and Bitpamer, all campaigns that were observed during that time. I mean, Ryuk is something that I feel it feels like it's been around forever, just mm-hmm. because of how widely it's reported on. We see attacks with with Ryuk fairly fairly often, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the more common ransomware variants that's that's out there currently. Um, Logger Goga is perhaps more interesting if you look at it in the context of what time period they're looking at here, because that one first, um, we first saw that a couple of months ago with the uh, attack against Altran, the French company. Mm. That was pretty high profile, and that was one of the first instances of um, Locker Goga being you know, used in an attack against an organization. And then, of course, you also have the attack against Norsk Hydro, which That's very what, famously, yeah. I was just about to say, I, for some reason, I thought I thought that that was Norsk Hydro and not Altran. Yeah, so Altran came a couple both. of months before gotcha. the Norsk Hydro incident, but mm-hmm. both were, were pretty high profile. But since then, you know, even though this report only covers until April of 2019, we haven't really had significant Locker Goga activity from, from off the top of my head yeah. that I can think of since then. Well, I do have technology sitting in front of me, so I just Googled it real quick because I was looking up. Um, well, technology is usually better than my brain. So, <laughs> um, and I mean, the top results are all from March and April yeah. of this year. So, so yeah, so that is kind of an interesting point. Um, I would like to see, you know, going forward, not to not to be critical of this report by any means, but um, maybe more timely, like mm-hmm. around the actual time period where it would be coming out, would be up until that point. Um, since this is a little bit outdated at this point. Yeah, and I mean, that's why the the weekly reports are also useful, because it gives you a more up-to-date perspective Mm -hmm. as to what's going Mm -hmm. on, kind of like how this podcast does. Exactly. So one other thing that they also noticed is that they've been seeing 
uh, these those three specifically different uh, variants being distributed by Emotet, Trickbot, and Drydex, um, the all those botnets showing that they're still active. And it's interesting, uh, you know, I say that it's still active, or that all of those are still active, but Emotet, again, around April of this year, up until when this report, um, you know, kind of covered, uh, was pretty active, and then it went mm-hmm. dormant for for a while. Up until now. Up until now, and then, I mean, literally, what, today, yesterday? Sometime this week, I'll say, just to be on the safe Fairly side. <laughs> um, Emotet, the botnet, has started back up, and they started sending out different phishing emails. Um, they've been trying to deliver malware variants. Um, it kind of went away after the coverage period for this NCSE report. But, you know, now that it's back, we've actually seen some of the phishing emails ourselves, like within Digital mm-hmm. Shadows. You know, they were using kind of a very tried and true method of sextortion to try and get people to open up the emails and uh, install that malware. One other thing kind of after, again, after the report's timeline mm-hmm. is GANcrab. Which is a big love some gang crab. Love me some gang crab. Uh, it's kind of like a big topic to go into, but just the fact that gang crab basically shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. And as far as I'm aware, we haven't seen any new infections. Um, there are probably still some systems that are infected by it, but I mean, the FBI released a master decryption tool for it um, up until versions 5.2, I believe. Yeah, 0.2 or 0.3, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So the, the most up to date ones. So. Unless someone comes up with a new version of GANcrab, if the source code would leak, if the source code was leaked or something, which wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities, then I think it's pretty yeah. much done for now. Because the operators claim that they had already obtained two billion dollars due to GANcrab, which I have you think doubts about. I don't really know. I, I mean, mean, two billion is a lot of money. It's but, a lot of money. I mean, I but guess it's possible. GANcrab was pretty huge. It was pretty huge, and it was a ransomware as a service. I guess when I first saw that number, I was thinking that it was the actual authors slash mm-hmm. operators, like a close-knit group of people who yeah. were like, yeah, we got $2 billion. But if the more you think about it, it's like, well, this was being offered as a service mm-hmm. across the globe. So, like, maybe. 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 <laughs> I don't really know if there's going to be a way to, to, that anyone to can ever verify that. that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but... Yeah. Most importantly is that we really haven't seen much of GANcrab since. Yeah, um, yeah, which kind of leads us into the next point. Um, so kind of in the time that GANcrab has been gone, a couple other variants have become popular, including Sodonokibi and Nempty. Sodonokibi, uh, by the way, one of my favorite words to say, just We're general. masters at it now. I remember <laughs> the first time we could not pronounce could not that. not figure it out, but Sodonokibi, uh, no, it's great. Um, but so those two variants specifically uh, have been you know, seen more and more often. We wrote another blog this week, and this one was from Michael Marriott, former Shadow Talk uh, co-host slash host slash guest. He's done it all. He's he's a he's a good man. But he wrote a blog this week about the Nempty ransomware, which has been seen being distributed via the uh, Rig exploit kit along with Sodenokibi. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's interesting to see that exploit kits are still alive and kicking. You don't hear about them too often, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we have seen Nempty being delivered via that. And again, it's it's just interesting that all these kind of things are tying together. But another note on that is that uh, it's thought that Sodenokibi is a kind of a follow-up successor to GANcrab and potentially may have been either developed by somebody close to somebody who developed the uh, GANcrab ransomware variant. If not a direct successor, it could be considered a successor like 
In spirit. In spirit, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. A spiritual successor. So people have found kind of that there's similarities in the code specifically and then also in the um, the timing of it just seemed mm-hmm. a little little bit too close to being to to being coincidental um, because it pretty much came on the scene right after yeah. Gamecraft supposedly shut down. We will have links to all the blogs within the show notes, so be sure to go check that out. So that was the NCSC report. Um, it's a good report. I would definitely go check it out. It, it They probably covered five total topics, and we only went through two of them. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to spend all the entire podcast, which we definitely could, on all five of them. But um, be sure to check out our blog, and then also go check out the uh, – uh, there's links to everything in mm-hmm. the in the blogs and the show notes. So um, go check that out. Okay, so next up, this one is is pretty interesting. I think specifically for you and I because you and I are – pretty close to it right now but this b dot wanted character so just to give kind of like a level set a couple of weeks ago there was a story that brian krebs had reported on and essentially a user on a dark web forum at the time it was unknown or well it was unreported which dark web forum it was but basically on a dark web forum this threat actor was offering to sell access to a federal contractor who managed 20 plus different federal agencies uh kind of managed their it systems was the uh, implication and that would be obviously a very big deal <laughs> um so considering the nature of those yeah, organizations yeah right? and I, I mean they start listing them out and they're like doj dhs mm-hmm. you know very high profile i mean the the highest of profile yeah. agencies within the within the u.s government so over the last couple of weeks we've we've kind of had a chance to look into that deeper and you know find out some more information about it and you know maybe we'll maybe we'll write a blog on it or or do something on it, but I just wanted to talk about it on on the podcast because we've been working on it and just you know kind of wanted to share what we've what we found. Again, we we were looking into this specific threat actor and just kind of who they are and theories around them that we're thinking about. But um, it's this user B dot wanted. So they've been around for a few years on a couple of different forums too. Not yeah. not just the one, but they've been around on on several different forums. Um, both Russian and mm-hmm. English language forums. Mm-hmm. They frequently posted in both languages. It's interesting because they appeared to take long breaks between when they would be posting. And sometimes after those long breaks, they'd come back and suddenly the content of their post is just completely something completely different, different yeah. to what they used to be posting. Totally different topic, which is not something that you typically see. No. Like typically you have threat actors that are very focused on selling credit cards yeah. or, or, and they'll or, only do that and maybe right. dabble in a couple of other things. But when I'm talking about different, I'm talking about going from advertising, like an essay writing service <laughs> to advertising network access to, or, or just like, like, like that essay writing service. Yeah. So originally what we saw B dot wanted doing on, on this, on this forum that we were looking at specifically was that uh, they were uh, looking for malware. Mm -hmm. They're looking for malware. They're looking for people to help write malware as well. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, interesting in itself, right? And then they go away for a while, come back, and then they're they're basically trying to shill their uh, essay writing affiliate links. Yeah, it was like an affiliate link for it. And it was just very weird. I mean, like a lot of people were doing it. Like it's not like they were, you know, any unique in any way, but it's just like, why? Mm -hmm. Like what is the point behind that? go away again and you know this kind of continues on and off on and off but then they come back and they're looking and they're selling credit card details like like i was saying before they're selling uh basically credit card numbers and you know that's that's a common thing that we see on 
or from a lot of different threat actors. And they leave again, and they come back, and suddenly they have access to, <laughs> to the supplier to, of the U.S. government. Yeah, so. yeah, they come back, and they, they come back full force and basically offering all these different accesses to, like, the one that was reported on with the federal contractor. But then also they were offering, you know, different accesses to uh, healthcare providers. Yeah. Um, they were ac- offering accesses to a Canadian department store that had been around for, like, I think, like, 70 years or something like that. Like that, that's, that's just what they were posting about mm-hmm. and like all these different things. And I mean, mainly focused, I think in the U S oh, there was also, they were, there offering were a couple of ones, like one, there were, there were a few in the UAE. Yeah. They were offering hotel access in, in yeah. Dubai. They didn't, I mean, just to mention, they didn't mention any of these companies by name. Except for the government contract. Except they, for the, they didn't even mention the government contractor's no, they, name. They, they, they mentioned the. Krebs, Brian Krebs had, had yeah. found, had mm-hmm. reached out and found you know, doing his, his journalism reporting stuff. Uh, he found out what who yeah. the federal contractor was, but, uh, but yeah, so no, they, they have not said like who, who they are. I mean, that's pretty standard <clears throat> in these dark web forums, right? The, they're not going to blow their cover essentially yeah. if they're going to try to sell these for a significant amount of money. You would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they do, but yeah, yeah. Smarter ones typically don't. Yeah. So, you know, you and I were kind of having different conversations throughout the week, this week specifically trying to just, theorize about who and why they're doing what they're doing and, you know, doing our Intel analysis stuff. So I just kind of wanted to run through a couple of the different like theories that we were thinking about, you know, it's entirely possible that this is just a threat actor. It is what it is. is We're just looking into it too much. Exactly. And that's very possible. Like obviously it's our job to look into it, but there um, have been weirder things on the dark web or on criminal forums. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, so it could just be that they were, it's a threat actor that is just selling the things that they come across that they have access to in their, in their travels and their daily, whatever they're doing, whether it be credit card access or, or network access or anything like that. There's another theory that kind of you, me, the rest of the extended team have been kind of thinking about. So why don't you share that one? Yeah. So do we were also thinking that it's possible that it's not just one individual that's linked to this account, but rather a larger group that uses the alias whenever they need to sell something or look into something in specific. Having an active user profile on a forum that's traditionally difficult to gain access to or to gain reputation in is pretty valuable, right? So Mm -hmm. if they have that one persona that they can use to peddle these different different services Mm -hmm. or different products then that could be something that could be of use to them so it's interesting if you think about it like a um i I mean like we always equate it to the real world right so if you think about like a an amazon account right and you're buying some you're buying a used product are you more likely to buy from the fresh you know brand new user account that just now created their account they have no ratings or anything like that Mm -hmm. or are you more willing to buy from the person who's been on amazon for eight years and they have five stars and all that like I think that's very applicable to the way that darknet um, markets and, yeah. and forums work. Or it's like a shared user for one organization or a group of individuals that they all share access to that. And that's, right. that's just the one output that you see. Right. And then the one other theory that's kind of that we've kind of shot off of that theory, your theory, is that it's possible that the alias has basically been traded among various criminal again because having that kind of reputation is very valuable Mm -hmm. so so it's not that it's just one group that's been using um it for their various wares that they've come across and that that they're selling but actually it's being traded among different different groups that have different motivations and different you know accesses and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so 
Um, there's just a couple of different theories that we were thinking about. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I was just looking at it again today and they posted, basically they were offering the Canadian department store access for like a hundred grand, which I mean, it's a pretty hefty chunk of money. For- Did they mention how much they were offering for it before or is this a, well, no. So, so the original post, they were offering it for a hundred grand. Mm. Ah. Uh, two days ago, they posted saying that they'll drop it down 10 grand to 90 Mm. like total this user is active and they're actively selling things on this market so it's definitely something to keep an eye on because you know whether or not this threat actor is legitimate it's still kind of in question um it does seem like the the federal contractor access being offered may have been legit uh, they, in the original reporting, they were talking about how some of the credentials that they were off that be wanted was offering were legit, but that the screenshots that they were providing as proof mm-hmm. were not legit or that they were just old mm-hmm. and super old and, and on a test system. And it didn't, it didn't basically imply what, uh, what they were trying to make it imply. But all that being said, credentials are credentials. If, the, if, if, if you have access and you can prove it to somebody, then somebody's going to buy it and somebody's going to try it. Definitely something to keep an eye on and uh, let's just see where it goes. You know, let's just see, see what happens. So, yeah. So I think that's it. Is there anything else that you want to cover, Alex? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I also wanted to mention that we have a full brand new setup. We'll take a picture of it uh, today, but it's just me and Alex at this <laughs> new big table. Uh, we have a big table. We're, we're getting set up for some exciting new things for Shadow Talk. Um You'll see it over the next few weeks, but just like how we, you know, got some new great sounding equipment, you know, maybe we'll have a couple more surprises over the next, I don't know, maybe like a month, month or two, but we'll see when all that comes out. But, but yeah. And then also be sure to go check out the intelligence summary, our digital shadows, weekly intelligence summary produced by our intelligence teams uh, here at digital shadows. You can go to resources.digitalshadows.com to find all those links to those links to everything. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap up with a question of the week for this week. Did I really just forget that melody? Which That's some new meme that I really don't understand. <laughs> uh, and it has been going around the office like wildfire. So Alex, question of the week. What is your favorite show on Netflix right now? So if we're talking about favorite show on Netflix right now, I guess mm-hmm. I'll just go with what I'm watching what's right a, now. What's a new release on Netflix a that new you release. are enjoying watching? Well, right now we're going through Twin Peaks, which is definitely not a new release. It's been around for a while, but it is <laughs> on Netflix. It is old school and it's very good. Yep. So that would have been my answer if we're talking about what we're watching right now. In terms of new releases, well, I, I watched the most recent season of 13 Reasons Why. I finished that a couple of days ago. That was the last season. Yeah, season three. Was it good? It wasn't as good. I know a lot of people hated on it. It definitely wasn't as good as the first season. First but season. Oh, yeah. You know, first it's still, season. Yeah. First season was of course, really good. Of course. Okay, solid answers. I'm just disappointed that you didn't say Mindhunter because that was my favorite up until two weeks ago when we finished watching it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I finished that a couple of weeks ago, so it's not yeah. really fresh in my mind right now. Yeah. So I'm watching a, I'm watching two different shows on Netflix right now. I'm watching Jojo's bizarre adventure, which is an anime, uh, that Travis Randall, who's been on the podcast before has talked about at length and got me to start watching that. And it was, it was, it's pretty good. I need to start that. I like it. It's good. Um, it's very weird, but <laughs> it's good. Weird is good. Yeah. 
Uh, and then I'm also watching Unbelievable, which I won't go into because it's kind of a dark subject, but it's really good and it's brand new. It's based on a true story. It's like a, it's kind of like a crime thriller, true crime type sort thing, of true no? crime. Yeah, uh, but it's really good. But yes, if you, if you like true crime, then yeah, go check that out. Uh, but Mindhunter would have been mm. my all time. Mindhunter was good. I love Mindhunter. Yeah. It's just so good. All right. Well, that will do it for us for this week. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Am I really just still a guest at this point, or can I be a co-host? Can when you, do I, when do I get promoted to wh- co-host? When you get promoted to co-host, um, I don't know. Maybe here pretty soon. Maybe soon. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Thank you, guest. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.